The Process, a podcast about creativity and making music. In a world where maybe no one is listening, outcomes and accolades for contemporary classical composers can seem far and few between. Therefore, composers must embrace the one thing they will always have complete control over, the process. This podcast aims to understand this creative process by listening to new works and discussing them with their creators. Each episode focuses on one composer and their music. By understanding how and why they create can inform inspiring composers and help audiences better understand contemporary classical music. I am Dr. Doug Bielmeyer, and I'll be your host as we explore the world of new music, creativity, and the human need to find purpose in their world and lives. This is The Process. On this episode of The Process, we speak with Michael Drews about the creative cogitations. The creative cogitations are a list of ideas and thoughts or just things that every creative person needs to figure out. For a complete list of the creative cogitations, visit thenoisebuffalo at blogspot.com. Join us as Michael explains some of the most important cogitations and how they affect his creative process. So far, everyone I've had on the uh, podcast, I asked them to take a look at the creative cogitations, Mm -hmm. which is a list of, I hate to use the word issues, but creative problems or perhaps barriers to being creative, or maybe things that you have to come to terms with almost in a way, or things that you just constantly ask yourself when you're creating. Would this be better if it was a video piece? Would it be better if it was a film? Would it be better if it was an acoustic composition instead of an electronic composition? And that's one of the actually creative cogitations 1.5 that you brought up, which was, does the creative medium or the medium matter? Let's see, does it matter? Well, it certainly it matters if you're trying to achieve some kind of goal. You can be creative doing a wide range of things. And uh, I really get excited by by the fact uh, or by the idea of there's no barriers that you you know I can have my guitar and I can be creating I could have my laptop and I can be creating it could be video stuff fi- filming stuff taking pictures um, I have two kids. And uh, believe it or not, they're a huge part of my uh, creative ethos and uh, my process. There's a lot of times where I'll sit down, uh, and I really started doing this with my oldest um, son, who's 10 now, but throughout his whole whole life, I 
you know, we'll sit down and we'll draw. And uh, a lot of times that feeds right into my projects. Like for Death and Mechanical Man, we, him and I drew all of the props and the uh, scenes. We, I mean, we kind of storyboarded <laughs> all, mm-hmm. all out. Sure. And it was really helpful. It was a really fantastic way of just staying in the zone. The creative process can really exist outside of the studio, and it can really just actually be a lifestyle. It could just be going on all the time. That's a, a, another one of the cogitations that you identified, uh, 2.3, is a creator's lifestyle linked to a stable existence? Oh, absolutely. When I'm not doing this stuff, I can tolerate it for maybe one or two days, but eventually I start, I become lost. <laughs> and uh, it's a strong part of uh, my identity. I wonder if that's good or bad. But yeah, I mean, it's totally linked to, to, to who I am. I can't imagine any, any other way forward. <laughs> At this so, point. So when you read that question, when you read 2.3, is a creator's life linked to a stable existence? What, you know, what jumped out at you about that? Well, for me, the idea of making something and trying to achieve a creative goal, to be always having that target you're aiming at, to me, that is what, that's one of the large markers of what creates meaning in my life. Um, and I know it sounds kind of jerky, but sometimes I've, I've looked at uh, other people that you know aren't, don't have that in their life, and I almost, like, how do you, go, what's the point of your life? Yeah. Like, what, why, why do you get out of bed? I, I, I can't imagine, like, I don't really understand. Like, how do you just, like, go to a bank every day? <laughs> or yeah. something like that. What's the point? Um and so is it that those people aren't creating something or, you know, in the uh, McLeod book, he talks about, you know, everyone has their Everest, the, right. the thing that they need to achieve or the, you know, the, the proverbial mountain they need to climb. So that person who goes to the bank, um, they're, it, from, from our view, they're not creating art when right. they do that. Um, but... Obviously, there's there's probably still meaning in that person's yes, life. Absolutely, I, I, yeah. Like I said, I don't want to be a, a jerk sure. a, a, about this, and I, I'm sure I need to be uh, endeavor to be more open minded about. How, that's why I even said like I'm not sure if this is always a, a, a good thing uh, to think like that. But I do know that there are people that they don't they don't care necessarily about about art or, or music or, sure. uh, or or it doesn't reach them it's not because they're not knowledgeable you know it's not a matter of lack of knowledge or experience it's just for whatever reason that they're not interested or you know they're more interested in sports or something like that and to me i just i i don't know
you once we once had a conversation um and we were it was at a performance and we were uh, listening to um i'm forgetting the specific um performer uh but she toured um and you made a comment to me you're like you know being out on the road like that touring that's just not something i could do right or, or you made it sound like it would just be impossible for you it would be like you breathing underwater for you what what do you think um you know, do you do you, do you still agree with that, or oh, was that just oh a- yeah, that's the the freelancer versus the academic uh, uh, d- debate. Yeah, I have a, a good friend who is co- quite active touring. And on some levels, I'm very je- jealous of that, uh, but realistically, I couldn't do it. I could, I just couldn't. Uh, for one, I'm mm-hmm. unwilling to sacrifice being present for my, my children growing up. That's sure. like hugely I- important. Sure. Um, the other is uh, I couldn't give up my uh, academic a, a job because that mm-hmm. that affords me a very comfortable lifestyle that mm-hmm. gives me a lot of time for, for a, a lot of the things that that I I, I do do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I spend a very high percentage of my time is dedicated to creative pursuits. So the other thing is too, we talk about sovereignty. One of the things McLeod talks about in his book a lot is people will be more attracted to an artist who has sovereignty over their work versus than the actual work itself. So the idea is you look at artist A, and artist A is some type of music industry creation, Godzilla or uh, Frankenstein of all the things that people want to hear. They have you know 20 songwriters on every song, and here they are, and they're creating this music, but they're they're it's not really theirs. They don't have the sovereignty. Right. Where you have artist B, who is I don't know, maybe unattractive. The songwriting maybe isn't the or the production isn't you know top notch. They don't have all this marketing, but they own that work, and that is their work. That kind of goes into the idea of the path you take with your work and how you pr- market it and promote it and what kind of sovereignty you have over it. Do you feel that's an issue for you about having ownership over your work or, or sovereignty? Well, uh, I, I think where, where it comes into play, uh, to play the most is the fact that, you know, I, I, my background is, is, you know, linked back to this uh, classical composer kind of thing. And for me, I'm out there and the concerts that I do and the all my energy is spent on my music and things that I've done rather than I'm not out there trying to represent the repertoire or or playing other people's music. To me in the cla- the classical music world, this is it gets a little slippery here because sure. whether or not you th- s- s- what does that Someone mean? Sees, what does that word sees even me mean? in that world is, yeah. is open to debate. Debate, but sure. uh, but I'm not out there uh, pl- pl- playing Beethoven or Stravinsky or any of that stuff. I like that mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that fact that like yeah, if I'm if I'm out there doing a performance and you know s- selling tickets, it's to come see stuff that I that I've done. I think that that's kind of difficult. To, to come by in this uh, you know new music world right now. Well, it sounds like a really great lifestyle because you have one that's very connected to your family, but then on top of that you have lots of time to be creative 
And it sort of sounds like you have really great sovereignty over your work. Does at any stage, at any process of your creative process, does anybody tell you you could could you change that? Could you alter that? Could you package this a little bit differently for us? I do collaborate with a lot of people. And in that sense, I do give up a lot of sovereignty in, in, in that way. Uh, take the example of the death of the mechanical man. That that project was my baby sure. in every sense. I didn't I didn't do it by myself, but um, I had I had a lot of help doing it. But uh, now that that piece is being performed by my group, Big Robot, and it's the it, you know the sovereignty of that has been kind of diluted, mm-hmm. um, which I'm okay with that mm-hmm. um, because. Uh, I, I care more about having experiences and doing things and having the music keep advancing and going forward rather than this idea of, well, there's going to come this t- time where people will realize I'm this ge- genius or, sure. so, or so, something yeah. like that. I, I, I try to l- let go of that thirst for that kind of ego s- stroking or s- something like that. It's hard, though. Sure. It's a h- hard thing, I think, when you do creative stuff. have a set time to meditate you have a set time to compose and then you have a set time to do other things you know in in your life that are important right. to you if there was never the performance if there was never this interaction these concerts in in the catacombs right. uh, in the underground of Indianapolis if there weren't these things would that creative time still be there would you continue to do that or would you or would you have given it up long ago uh, that's a fantastic question. It's a frightening question, yeah. a- a- actually. I, I, on some level, I do. I worry about all that because I have kind of built, built like I understand my life because of some of these things that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. So it frightens me to think of well, what if it went away? What yeah. uh, very much. Yeah. So, like, I I think about getting older. Like, can it, will I still be able to sure. be doing sure. concerts in the cat catacombs? I mean, the, having the the performances and the the opportunities to engage people are a very important part of creating meaning for the whole thing. So, it's very hard to imagine not ha- having them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that being said, I have there had been some stretches of time where it was more about I- introspective kind of work, about reflecting sure. and not being very, very public a- about it. The knowledge of knowing that this is going to be presented somewhere, this yes. is going to have its premiere. If if I if I had an awesome studio with all kinds of gear on an island with no people, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'd want that. Yeah. I think it's way more important to 
to have those connections with other people. That's a vital part of it, actually. That brings up the question then, is it more of the uh, medium or the format in which it's expressed to other people, or do the, are, are the tools really important? We're talking about your creative process, and that's one thing you also identified as 1.6, are the tools you use important? Is that not related? Am I, no, am they, I making they are, a jump they are, re- they are related, uh, but it, it's... Um, it's just hard to say if they're important because something like the guitar in a, in a piece in a piece I I did could, could potentially be very important. I mean, that's what gives it its character. That's what defines it. But it's not important in the fact that if that guitar wasn't there, then I would just use something else mm-hmm. and and explore the idea that way. I'm a big believer in. Uh, I, I I love exploring gear and technology, but I don't. Its absence. Would never be, would be uh, you know hampering. If I didn't have uh, microphones, then oh well, we wouldn't record that. If I if I didn't have this processing unit, well then I'd play the guitar clean. If I didn't have my guitar, then it would be just laptop. If I had none of those things, then maybe it would just be a drawing. Yeah, if I didn't have brushes, I would still paint. But I think one of the ways to interpret that, or at least one of the ways I interpreted that, is then does that become a, a barrier for creativity in if I only had this tool, then I could create in this medium. But because I don't have that tool, I can't create in that medium. And therefore, that idea, I can't create. That, that happens few and far between for, for me. Every mm-hmm. once in a while, it, it, something will happen like, well, I have I need this foot switch <laughs> to be <laughs> yeah. able to do this idea <laughs> yeah. because I just don't have three arms. Yeah. Uh, but that's that barely happens. You know, if I don't have the, quite the good enough camera, I do the best I can with the camera I have. I always urge students to 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 think like that because I think that's a dangerous trap. The when I get everything perfect, then I will realize my my creative idea, and it's so and it's really you have to be just. Doing it—that's the thing. That's how. That's how you get get somewhere, is by doing it, and then evaluating what you did, and then that leads to another thing, and then that leads to another thing. It's just like life, right? I mean, you, you, uh, every, every, you're, every minute of every day, you're, you're, you're a different person. Some to some extent, you're always yeah. r- responding uh, uh, on some level. Special thanks to Michael Drews for sharing his time, music, and great opinions about the creative process. For more information about Michael in this podcast, visit The Noise Buffalo at blogspot.com. Join me next week when I and a special guest host will talk about this season's great interviews, great music, and share our ideas about the creative process. <laughs>